Welcome to The Red Podcast, a place for bold, inspired, outrageously courageous, and just a tad bit naughty women leaders come together. I'm Elaine Kalila, and I'm the founder of the Priestess Presence Temple, a sisterhood of over 80,000 women. For the past 25 years, I've had the great pleasure and privilege of supporting, inspiring, catalyzing, and initiating women to remember who they are. The Red Podcast is a place where you can come to lean into your edges, listen for that which yearns to be expressed more fully through you, and to say yes to the places that probably scare you. More importantly, I'm going to be talking with some amazing women who are spiritual and grounded, and we're going to be chatting about what it takes for each one of us to step into the legacy of our purpose and fully bring it to the world that we're here to co-create. Your presence is a gift, so I say bring it. We're here to listen to your red, your leading edge, that place of evolution within you. Hope you enjoy the conversations. You know, I've been talking a lot. This phase of life, whether we call it the staging process, that was what Saida Desolé, my dear friend, who um, I did an interview just a couple of weeks ago with named it as the staging process. Isn't that beautiful? This idea, idea that we are being initiated in our late 40s into our 50s into this sage medicine, this teacher or wise woman energy. Many of you have heard me talk about it from the perspective of, yes, there's this, this garnering of the wisdom of you know everything that we've already traveled through in our lives of everything that we've learned right and let's be real <laughs> most of us who are here have learned quite a lot you know we've been through quite a lot of challenges and obstacles and life initiations that we've had to grow through that we've been challenged to grow through and you know and I look back at my own life and I'm I'm really in that moment of retrospective you know looking at what I've built already looking at um, you know, both the external evidence of that, but also the internal evidence of that, like the, the skill sets, the capacities that have been developed over a lifetime of practice. And, um, and there's something really, really important, particularly for those, as, uh, those of us who are women who are in this phase of life where we are, you know, entering into our mid to late 50s or even into our 60s, right, where... Um, <laughs> Where really, from a cultural perspective, the viewpoint on women of our age has been that, you know, we've lost the bloom of youth and we're no longer valuable or vital or interesting or beautiful or, you know, fill in the blank of the um, cultural scripting of women over 50. And um, I guess I must tell you, I don't know about in your life, but I have got some seriously cool ass kick ass amazing women in my life who are you know in their 50s 60s 70s and even 80s so I know that we're here redefining that and if you're listening to this podcast and you're in this age group or you're approaching this age group I welcome you for those of you who are younger we are paving the way my sweethearts We are paving the way of what it looks like and feels like to enter into this phase of life. And for those of you who are older and listening to me, thank you. You've been paving the way for me to be here and for me to be inside of this conversation of what it looks like to be a woman 
in leadership, in spiritual leadership, in the prime, what I would really call the prime of our legacy years, which is really what the 50s are. I'm I'm really seeing that. I think I've told all of you that I'm turning 55 this year. And a lot of what's being called forward in this magical 55 year is a recognition of all that's been built, all that's been achieved, all that's been done, and then a a real calling to the pruning, to the cutting away, to the letting go of the, um, the garden that's become, you know, full of beautiful things, but needs to be shaped a little bit differently, needs to be cut back to the essence of what it is. You know, I keep finding myself using that analogy this week of, you know, as a gardener, and I'm a nascent gardener, right, somebody who's learning how to garden and has been doing that for the last few years, you know, the advice you get is when you have roses, you need to prune them all the way back. And I remember the very first time that I went to do this in the garden and I was like, oh, no, this can't be right. This feels like so radical. And yet I followed the advice. And of course, the next year when the roses grew back in, they were double, triple the size with way more blooms upon them. And there's something in that real truth about the willingness to prune back in order for there to be new growth. And that is, you know, reiterated to us through the natural world, through Gaia herself. And so I'm in that phase of my life where it's, 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 you know, it's challenging because a lot has happened already and I'm really being asked to quintessentialize or simplify um, my work in the world and what I'm doing, but also not just my work in the world, but really what's important to me. And I think this phase of life, the menopausal years, the perimenopausal years, and I've often used the word, this, this archetypal word of the queen or the empress, and I've been really sitting with that, you know, and in the tarot deck, the empress is the card where, you know, she is sitting on her throne and literally the bounty of all life is coming from her, right? She's sitting on her throne and she's no longer out there in the world, kind of having to engage with the world in the same way. She's kind of come back to herself and she's sitting in the fruits and the flowers and the bounteousness of everything that is now coming to her. She's reaping the harvest, if you will. And I do feel like part of what we're being asked to see as women, as a collective, especially in reclaiming these rites of passage, which is really the work that I've been involved in, I don't know, since my 20s, right? I've been looking for these rites of passage, and I think so many of us are, and that was what drew me into the blood mysteries, It's what's drawn me into the divine feminine mysteries. It's what's drawn me into the art of ritual and theater and um, ceremony. It's what's drawn me into storytelling. It's what's drawn me into all of the, what we could be calling the sacred arts, the priestess arts, the, the magic is we're looking for a way to help us and support us to move through these transitions but also we're looking away to mark the transition. So it's a both and, right? We're, the metamorphic process of change is one that is incredibly happening all the time. But when we bring our consciousness to it, we can actually consciously engage with that metamorphic field of change, of evolution within ourselves. And we have 
some conscious awareness of that shift. You know, I was, I was just reflecting with one of my dear sisters and I've known her since I was 21 years old, which is a long time. And for those of us who have the great privilege and benefit of having long-term soul family friendships with those who've been traveling through our lives together, then isn't that an incredible gift? It really, really is. And one of the things we laugh about a lot is, you know, how many iterations have we seen each other in? How many different lives have been lived from 21 through to 55? It's a lot, (laughs) you know? There's a lot of different iterations. There's a lot of marriages that have come and gone, of children that have come and gone, of jobs that have come and gone, of living in certain countries has come and gone. You know, these phases of our lives have been very distinct. And if I, if you really feel into the legacy, and this is kind of where I'm sitting, is this question of legacy. And this is what's come up within um, the last couple of years really strongly for me inside of the Priestess Presence Temple, which is an incredible, beautiful circle of women all over the world, right? And that there's a legacy piece in there. And legacy means that it's going to outlive you. That's the nature of a legacy, right? It's it's not about you. It's about this thing that's going to live on after we've gone. And for those of you who have children, you know, they're part, obviously, of your legacy. But for those of you who may have written books or have a book that you're needing to write or you know, maybe your own podcast that you want to get off the ground or, you know, whatever it is that you're being called to create. There's also a reckoning at this phase of life where it's like you're sitting in the bounty of everything that you've traveled through. And I've been listening back and looking back over the podcast in the last year. We've been going for a year now and I can feel the momentum building of all of you who are listening and all of you who are participating. And I get notes all the time. Thank you very much, by the way. Um, thanking me for these conversations, for this, like these intimate conversations, a lot of which are about what it is to be a spiritual, alive, energized woman traveling through this life, noticing what it is that we are being called to stand in leadership about. And I had this fascinating conversation just today about what leadership actually means. And I feel like I'm learning from you all, from all the conversations that I have about leading. And what emerged from this conversation was that, you know, we think about leadership being actually doing something But in some way, the feminine art of leadership for me at this point in my life and in my own trajectory is, yes, about what I do in the world, but it's really about being the role models, right? And a role model isn't so much doing a specific thing as being something, being something and teaching or transmitting through who they're being. And I think that we as women particularly women who are coming into our perimenopausal, menopausal age range, this is the initiation. The initiation is into, you know, the empress is sitting and being the bounty of her presence. And there is something about that transition from the doing, from the 
active stage of um, mothering and doing into this more grounded space of being. There's a transition. And I think as, and I'd love to hear from my older women out there who are more in the crone phase and have transited there, but I think that this transitionary phase between sort of mother and crone where we're in this what we're really kind of defining is a new phase, right, of wisdom building, is that we are practicing how to be. And once we become crones, we're really in the um, quintessence of our being, if you will. That's really why we go to sit at the feet of our elders and to really just be in their, um, you know, in their presence to receive darshan really to receive the benefit of sitting in their auric field of in their energetic field and it's like i see this phase of the empress is the practice of that it's the beginning of that coming into the beingness and that offering the transmission of that from the wealth of everything that you've traveled through and it's the beginning of a legacy, and I wanted to define what I've been thinking about in terms of legacy, because I think we can think about it in terms of, you know, a business or a body of work, but there's also the legacy of your life and everyone that you've ever touched, everything that you've ever been part of creating and offering to your loved ones, that you, in these years, in this rite of passage into our wisdom, into this empress phase, I really believe that we become the legacy, that we start to live into the legacy that we are. And it's really about having arrived into a certain phase of your own maturation that really is based on your life cycle, right? Because you're just at a certain age, you've been here for a certain amount of years. And it doesn't mean that people who are younger can't have this wisdom, but it is a different It's a different kind of wisdom. We can access into the archetype of the wisdom when we're in our 20s or 30s. But by the time we get to our 50s or 60s, it's like a lived experience, which doesn't make us, you know, oftentimes in a hierarchical point of view or a a power over point of view that makes that somehow more important than the wisdom of those who are younger. And I think we're being asked to really redefine that or re-understand that, that they're very, they're just different. And that difference doesn't mean better or worse. It just means different. And so for all of those of us who are kind of being called to prune back some of our lives, to pull back our energy inside, you know, I, I heard this from all the women who came before me. And I was wondering when it was going to happen to me. <laughs> well, newsflash, I think it's happening. And this, um, I remember my very dear sister, Lisa Schrader, and she's one of the very first contributors to the um, Red Podcast. And she's a little bit older than me. And I watched her go through this incredible, like, hiatus, this incredible place where she literally... Um, began to, I don't even know what to say, to sort of withdraw, like she just was withdrawing, but not in a in a way where she was going away so much as in a way that she was coming inside, like gathering herself would be the description. And I remember hearing her talking about this desire to 
to let go or to not be as busy, to have more time, to have more spaciousness, to have um, more energy coming inside rather than going out. And, um, and I was, you know, like at that point, decidedly not there. And now I think this is probably five years on in my journey. I can feel that movement. And I'm curious for those of you who are out there, um, who are at this phase, there is this turning inward and it's delicious. It's so good. It's just so um, yummy. The word I'm looking at. It's like this movement from the place where we are giving and giving and giving out to the world to, and I think it obviously really, really, really coincides with the holding of the blood inside, and this her her blood becomes gold. That's a statement made by an amazing author, Lara Owen, who wrote Her Blood is Gold, which talked about this notion of what happens as we stop bleeding. And there's this notion that the, the wisdom starts to come inside or the, the, the blood is held within us and turns to gold. There's an alchemical process of refining, of distilling that starts to happen in this phase that is utterly beautiful and deeply nourishing. And there's a, a calling for a new kind of relationality with self, new relationship with your innermost self and intimacy with that that's um, surprising, surprisingly delicious, surprisingly nourishing and enriching and just, the desire for that space to be, to feel yourself, to sit in the lap of the goddess, to become the empress, but also to sit with the empress energy and allow yourself to be nourished by everything that you have garnered in this life, by the the selfhood, if you could say it that way. You know, it's... um. It's surprising, that's the word that comes to mind. And I feel like I've been going through the experience of this for quite a long time without the words to describe it. Because there is a there is a confusion or a grief or a um, level of conflict that comes up because well, this is what I really wanted to talk about, I guess, because I think for those of us, and I'm going to just speak for a moment to all my sisters out there who didn't have birth children or didn't adopt children. They didn't didn't do the mother thing in the form that many and most women do. I know we're still very much in the minority. And first thing I want to say to you all is, is that I know that if you are someone who hasn't birthed a child and didn't raise a child, that there can be some confusion for us around these rites of passage because we aren't mothers in the same way as those who mother their own children or mother their adopted children. It's just a different role that we fall in. And the role of one who doesn't have children either by choice or because 
um, you weren't able to have children this lifetime and that just didn't happen for you or you didn't choose it, whatever, wherever you fall on that continuum, there's a, I think there's a place here where there's a, can be a potential confusion around the mother role. And what I know is, is that all of us, I have in some way been mothering, right? We've been mothering organizations. We've been mothering other people's children. We've been mothering our friends. We kind of tend to play this broader archetypal and personal mother role. And I know for me within Priestess Presence has really been super true. And in fact, those of you who know my story around Priestess Presence, you'll know that the Priestess Presence Temple and School of the Sacred Arts really grew out of my having a miscarriage in my late, my mid forties and realizing that's like 10 years ago now and realizing that I was definitely being called to mother something into being, but it wasn't a physical child. And then that's when the temple and the, the, the school was born out of that moment. And I know for those of us who maybe don't have right the birth children, it's a bit more difficult to chart these these pieces because I, and the reason I'm getting to this is long story short is that many of the women in my life are empty nesting. You know, a lot of my um, sisterhood groups, the women who are my age, are empty nesting. Few of them are even grandmothers already, <laughs> but. There's this empty nesting thing going on where the kids are leaving, they're going to college or they're, they're moving out, they're getting married, having their own kids. And, and there's a very definite like break there, right? It's like you've gone from mother and now the kids have gone and your role has really shifted. Not that you're not mother anymore, but that you are, you know, you're not hands-on in the mothering anymore. Well, so for those of us who are mothering organizations or mothering institutions or mothering projects, right? There comes a moment again when we are going to start to move our relationship to that, except for that's really bizarre because that impulse wants to go towards an empty nest, but it's like, well, how do you do that when it's not a, you can't, the person's not moving out. You have to define it in a really different way. And I think this is what's been happening for me, and probably for many of you who are in my my situation without your own birth children, is that, um, you know, I've been mothering the Priestess Presence Temple pretty intensely in the last 10 years. And before that, I was in the mother role with my clients and with all of the circles that I ran. And, you know, that this there's been a lot of mother energy in my life, um, which, by the way, took me a really long time to recognize because... As one who didn't have kids and also as one who didn't have a a good, I'm not going to say a good, but a easeful relationship with my own mom, there's been a lot of um, shadow work around mother and the mother archetype. And I think that's probably true for many of us. Um, and so I, I bring this up because I don't think it matters whether you have kids or don't have kids, I think there's a phase of life that begins to happen whereby you're ready to no longer be in that active mother role in your life, in your world, that the 
that you're being called to pull your energy back in to distill to the next frequency or level of your own being. And this is an, an amazing movement, both spiritually and psychologically and also emotionally and physically. It's like it's, a, it's on all the levels, all the multiple dimensions of our being. And so I'm kind of curious in this moment as I'm speaking where you find yourself on the path, like in your own mothering of yourself, mothering of your world. And for those of you who may be resonating with me at this place on the path, I think that there's really um, a very powerful recognition that we need to go with this energy that's calling us inside. And the, I think the rub of many of us is that we are deeply involved in a lot of things that matter to us. And the building of a legacy means that others can step in and do some of the things that you've been doing and need to. And the nature of legacy is that there's a time for you to move to the next station of your life. And I think some of the conflict edges that come up for us as women is how we do that. How do we metamorphosize from one phase to another? And in fact, some of the most amazing work that I'm doing at the deepest level with women who are in positions of leadership is around this, is, you know, the metamorphosizing from one phase of our successful lives to the next. And of course, like, all of us, I'm in that process myself as well. And it's amazing to see the beginning of the honoring of our wisdom years getting to be talked about. See, this is the other thing that for my generation, for those of us who were born in the 60s, raised in the 70s, right, teenagers in the 80s, we really, like, People, once they got to 50, particularly women, particularly in England, were already old. I mean, I remember when I was a kid looking at 50-year-olds and going, oh, my God, she's really old, like granny status. <laughs> well, that's just not how it is anymore, right? I don't think anyone's looking at me at 55 and going, oh, she's a real granny. <laughs> oh, and maybe they are. <laughs> which would be okay too. <laughs> but the point being is, is that our perception on age has shifted so much within my generation that 55 is no longer considered old. I'm considered mid middle-aged, right? It's like I'm in my golden golden moment, not my golden years, but my, my blooming moment, like my, my moment of having reached to a certain level of my own life's journey. And, um, and I think what we're dealing with and why it's being such a popular conversation is why I'm so interested about it and so um, in the study of it is that previous to me, previous to my generation anyways, this, this phase of life was not one that was talked about. You know, like you were heading towards retirement. Kids have left home and then you retire. Well, I don't know about you, but if you're in your 50s or 60s alongside me, I'm not thinking about retiring I am, however, thinking about how do I want this next phase of my life, next 10 years, to look? Like, what is my desire for when I'm 60? I can't even believe I'm talking about being 60. Like, that's absurd. 
And there's something inside of me that's really clear that at this point in our lives, we get to actually recognize that we need to be really intentional about how we spend our time and energy because you realize that at some point you're not going to be here. Like you're at that phase of life, right? Menopause is also a great reckoning for how we want to utilize our energy. What kind of life do we want to be leading? What's important to us? Where is it worth investing the time and energy and where is it not? What are the relationships that we no longer want to service, need to change or be let go of? How do we want to change how we're behaving with ourselves and with others? It's like a great retrospective. And in fact, it comes in alignment, right, with the second Saturn return for many of us, which is kind of like that, you know, that recapitulation of the, well, what's working, what's not working. And Lady Saturn comes in in her dominion (laughs) as one who, you know, basically calls our attention and says, you know, hey, what do you really want to focus on? at this point in your life. And there is a, so everything is pulling us towards that recalibration. And one of the feelings that I have, you know, and it's a metaphor that I've been using a lot is, is that as we pull our energy back in, it's not like we are ready to be done. We're pulling the energy back in to distill ourselves, alchemically speaking, to the next glorious iteration of who's now here. And that's going to become the fruit of the harvest, right? Of everything that we've stood in this lifetime, like the, the, you know, the, the harvest celebration of like, look at the cornucopia of this life. And there is, you know, and I use these words distilling, which is what we do with, you know, when we bring the rose petals, you know, from the morning dew, we pick the rose petals and we bring them into the, the still to distill the essence of the rose from the rose petals. And that's a process, right? Where we, where we heat the, the steam distillation and it carries the vapor, it carries the essence, if you will, of the, the rose petals and it creates that oil when it condenses back down again. And that is a, a super potent version of the single rose because to make, you know, one drop of that oil takes literally 10,000 petals of roses. So when we think about that as mapped onto our human journey, for us as women, you know, the blooming of this rose and then the distilling of the rose within our own nature, it takes a lot to do that distillation process, but it is, it is to produce within ourselves, if you wish, an elixir of such potency, which is really what we go to sit with our elders to receive is the potency that they're carrying. And this 50, 60 to 70 range is the time when we're consciously distilling ourselves. And we don't want to fritter our energy away. We don't want to do the things that don't make sense anymore. We're not willing to just do all the things that we get invited to. Like we're discerning. There's a level of discernment that comes here that means that there's a different energetic a frequency that shifts. And I think this is really hormonally driven as we shift from, you know, the normal cycle with the estrogen and progesterone and testosterone working in our bodies, I literally feel like it's a different magnetic field that starts to be created. 
And what I could risk to say is that the Empress as an archetype tells us to sit our asses down and to allow space to actually receive everything that we've been putting out there, everything we've been investing, everything that we've been nurturing, everything that we've been part of nourishing in our worlds to actually really truly sit back and receive it in a whole new way. There's a circuitry shifting at at perimenopause into menopause as far as I can feel it in my own body. And so I'm curious how you feel that in your body and how that might make sense to you. Um, Yeah, it's very, it's very palpable for me personally. And of course, because I have this framing and my perceptual lens is organized around alchemy and alchemy really being the transmutation of um, lower frequencies into higher frequencies as of lead into gold, however you want to to see that, the grit in the oyster shell to the pearl. Like these are the organizing principles, certainly of my life. And for many of us, this is the mythic structure that we live in, that transformation is how we transform and continue to change and grow throughout our lives. And what's so exciting is that we are here in this generation right now, those of us who are going through this phase and who are spiritual leaders in the world and who have a, again, remember by leaders, I mean those of us who consciously are role modeling into the world what it is we want to see in the world. In other words, we're walking the way of love and choosing that consciously. That's what leadership actually means. Hello. (laughs) Entirely different to the concept of leadership that we've been given or the more patriarchal version of it. So again, say it, the leadership I'm talking about is those of us who are choosing to step into and transmit and role model love into the world through who we're being, through our actions, through how we show up, through how we govern, through how we treat people, through how we put our things together, right, in the world. For those of us who are really called into that, this phase of leadership is one that has been really unchartered. That we are actually the ones who are here excavating or maybe even evolving, and that's probably more true, evolving the rites of passage that women are going through, that we're giving language to it, that we're experiencing it and we're articulating it and we're in positions of leadership and power where we get to articulate it and speak it to one another and to create the way of understanding it and a language around it. And that is so powerful because what that's redefining, and this is really, really important, it's redefining how we can um, see women as we age. So rather than becoming depotentized, less important, less valuable, we start to shift that perceptual lens into, oh my goodness, look at this woman in her prime. Look at the empress. Look at the powerful elder. Look at these women who are holding this love, this authority, this integrity, this beautiful distillation of this life well lived and transmitting it to those who are coming after and actually are able to redefine what it looks like 
to be a woman who is full of her beauty and is in her 60s and 70s and 80s. And that is a reclamation of our power. That is a reclamation of the power of the feminine from the clutches of a patriarchy that has us forever stuck in needing to be young, in needing to be youthful, in needing to not grow up. You know, there's been a radical shift for me, and radical meaning root, a root shift for me. You know, where I have been in that transition zone, and we all know it, because any of you who are with me, you know it. And it's around our wrinkles. Can we just talk about our wrinkles for a moment? I mean, come on, ladies. I have had wrinkles as a glorious Celtic, thin-skinned redhead. I've had wrinkles since my 30s. That's been my reality. And I'm now 55. (laughs) And I can't actually tell you how many wrinkles I have because my eyesight has shifted so much so that I don't actually see them. But what I can tell you is this, is that the deprogramming, this is a really itchy one, the deprogramming out of the idea that I should not be aging or have wrinkles or in some way um, showing that I have lived this life has been so potent. And there's a paradox in here because am I also youthing? Yeah. Do I also pay attention to all the things I can do to support my body, to remain young and healthy in terms of its longevity? Absolutely. And have I simultaneously been through this journey of resisting those wrinkles, of being irritated by them, of being irritated with my genetics and my mom and my grandmother? (laughs) Yes, that has been true. And what I have noticed is as I've been on this journey of really inquiring about this phase of life and really releasing into it, I'm starting to see the wrinkles and the age in my own face in a completely different way. It actually feels beautiful and coherent and true and authentic. It's a form of beauty. And we get to redefine this beauty just as we've been redefining the beauty of what size your body is, of what color your skin is, right? All of this has been up in our collective. We're now really here redefining what it means to step into these years of our lives where, you know, I've been hearing myself say it just recently and it's been funny. And I credit this to Lizzo, the performing artist Lizzo, who I adore. (laughs) Talk about one who's been redefining all kinds of things for women, Um, but in one of her songs, she talks about, you're a grown-ass woman. Now, you're a grown-ass woman. You get on with that, right? And there's something about being a grown-ass woman, which is delightful. It's, it's, It's solid. It's here. It's not being pushed around. It's here. And I think part of this phase of our lives, my loves, is about claiming that, we're yeah, we're grown-ass women. And this is who I am. And this is part of the picture and I can take care of myself and, you know, do all the things to revitalize my body and 
there's beauty, such beauty in the wisdom of the women's faces in my community who are in this phase of life, as there is in beauty in all of the phases of life. And that's what we're reclaiming. That's the power, because the beauty isn't about the wrinkles. It's about the essence of the being, the distillation of the essence of the being within us. The rose is beautiful at all phases of her life, right? Whether she's the tiny bud or the rose hip. She is beautiful. The beauty is different. And that's part of this phase is we are a reclamation of that beauty, of the power of this phase, you know, of life. And the reclamation comes in because we've been told that we're washed up when we get here. (laughs) So the reclamation really comes that we are redefining what it means to go through this phase. We are claiming this rite of passage that actually brings us more deeply into our power. So I want to say all this to you because a lot of what I've been talking about in this last season of the Red Podcast has been, you know, not necessarily overtly about this subject, but it's been there in the background, right? It's been the weft and warp, if you like, because it's where I am and it's where many of the women are who I'm talking to. And I think when it comes to feminine leadership and it comes to us standing at the edges and pioneering the world that we want to live in, we need to have these honest conversations as grown-ass women together about how we consciously, through our own lives, lead from a new paradigm, a new way of being. So that's my thoughts for today weaving all the threads together of the last few episodes. I'm looking forward so, so deeply to the next season. Can't wait to share it with you. There's some already some great interviews <laughs> that I've got in the bag for you. And um, one little sneak peek over here is that I've just sent off a manuscript to my publisher, who is going to be um, now editing and proofreading for a publication that's coming out in the summer in July and I'm so excited to let you know that there's something in the works that's super connected into the deeper work on the Magdalene mysteries and the Magdalene path that I have um, been steeping in and that many of my interviews this season were focused on the Magdalene so stay tuned for that there's going to be a an amazing event coming up, as I said, in July, and you'll all be invited. But I just thought I'd pop the seed in here to begin to germinate um, in this space of stay tuned. All right, my loves, we'll be back in a few weeks time. And until then, you can enjoy past episodes of this amazing podcast. And as always, I love to receive your feedback. It really makes a difference to me. And um, this is an absolute labor of love. And I really, really, really love bringing these conversations to you all and just being in the intimacy of this kind of heart sharing and musing. Anyway, let me know how this lands for you today. And if you have any thoughts, feel free to share them with me. Blessed be. I'll be back real soon with some more episodes. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Red Podcast. It's 
been an honor to have you here with us. As Red Women, we are here leading from the edges of our own evolution, birthing new worlds into being through our bodies, our hearts, our minds, and our beautiful presence. If you would like to be in contact with me, I love hearing from you. You can find me on Instagram at elaine.kalila or over on my website, elainekalila.com. And lastly, I'd like to invite you, if you loved this episode, to go ahead and share this with someone that you think might enjoy it too. It's through us sharing our hearts with one another and inspiring one another that we reveal our red, that evolutionary edge that is just waiting to be fully expressed in all aspects of our world. Until next time, many, many blessings. Blessings.